when a shock happens like that at the kind of macroeconomic level, you have to shift all of your plans. And this is where oftentimes, you know, the, the way that companies have historically planned their go-to-market processes ends up breaking down because what you have to do is you suddenly have a, a sometimes months-long planning process that has to do a complete 180. And every you have to change your launch date. You have to change your messaging. You may have to change the product itself. And suddenly you have to just take that entire plan and scrap it. But your timeline doesn't really change that much. Like you may be still working on, you know, if you were planning on launching something next week and the shock happens, you may still need to launch that thing within two or three weeks because you have some upcoming financial goal that you need to hit. Yeah. But you need to be able to pivot what took you three months to build into a now two week period. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Glad you could join us again. Hope you're having a great week. I'm joined today with Derek Osgood, and Derek is a founder of a company called Ignition, but he's got a strong marketing background, marketing executive type of background. And well, we'll find out more about Ignition and what they do, but he came on a show to talk to us. You know, we do innovation, we build products, but the launch, how do you get that product to market? How do you launch that product? And that's what Derek's going to talk to us about. Derek, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. Pumped to, pumped to talk about this. Yeah, Glad you could join us. Now, where are you joining us from today? Calling in from Los Angeles, which I recently moved to. Los Angeles, Los Angeles, big city. Yeah, it's a little, traffic's a little hefty. Oh, yeah, plenty of it, but plenty to do, I, I hear, in Los Angeles. So, yep, yep. I hope, hope you enjoy it there. Well, Eric, tell us about, well, let's start with, with your company, Ignition. What do you guys do? Yeah, so I mean, the, the quick background on us is we're kind of like this unholy combination of a whole bunch of different categories and tools, but Basically, we're trying to build a collaborative hub for product marketing teams and product teams to kind of work together to manage go-to-market processes end-to-end. -end. So, you know, we help you document plans, create roadmaps, do all the project management work that, you know, you typically would expect in doing a go-to-market process. But then we make it incredibly easy to actually communicate those plans outwards to all the different cross-functional stakeholders that need that information. And we've also baked in a bunch of tools that help you to actually build better go-to-market plans in the first place through playbooks, as well as research tools like surveys and competitive intelligence that help kind of bake in some of the actual work involved in building out go-to-market plans directly into the, the workflow of documenting them. Gotcha. And how did you get started on that, that journey? What's your journey in, in this whole space of, of products and launches? And tell us about your background. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, launches have been, a, you know, I would categorize myself as primarily a product marketer historically. And so launches have been, you know, a core part of my job for 15 plus years. So, you know, the the TLDR on, on myself is that I, I started my career in entertainment, launching big AAA games as a, a product manager at PlayStation. And, you know, I kind of took that role because of the scope that it offered me, but I always planned on kind of jumping into tech because I, ever since I've been young, I've just been kind of 
fascinated by technology and the way that it can kind of enhance our day-to-day lives. So after leaving PlayStation, you know, I've been kind of in and or around venture-backed startups pretty much ever since. I was the head of marketing and product marketing for a bunch of early stage startups in every vertical you can imagine, ranging from payments to field service management to mobile keyboard app developers. And then I did some corporate innovation stuff running marketing across BBVA's innovation portfolio, launching and scaling companies that we'd either incubated or acquired. And then, you know, most recently was one of the the first couple dozen folks at Rippling, helped them scale up the product marketing function as we went from zero to about 20 million in ARR. And, you know, consistently across all these roles, ranging from small companies to big companies to kind of medium size, I've been launching stuff, whether I'm launching companies or I'm launching products or I'm launching campaigns or events. And this go-to-market process has consistently just been a thorn in my side because it's so excruciatingly painful to get right. And it's so important and critical to the success of products long-term. Like 80% of CMOs all say that, you know, the launch window is make or break for the long-term success of a product. And so, you know, I just kind of decided, you know, there was a tool that needed to be built around this. There's a bunch of things that I've kind of hacked together in the past and none of them really quite cut it. So I figured I'd, uh, I'd take a crack at it myself. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So what are some of the challenges that, that companies have around launch? I mean, what are they doing wrong, right? What's, where's the challenge? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of them and it kind of depends on the company like size and, and shape that you're talking to. Oftentimes, you know, especially at like earlier stage companies, Go-to-market management process is a skill set that's pretty specific. And unless you have fairly experienced product marketers or fairly experienced product managers in-house who have been through this at a really detailed level, it's very hard for you know internal teams to even have just the understanding of how to approach it. So lots of teams like don't know the first thing about when to conduct pricing research, how to conduct pricing research, how to figure out how to package and bundle their services. So they just kind of wing it and they just like make guesses, which oftentimes is, I mean, almost never is the right way to do this. But so there's skill gaps. But then once you do have people who actually understand this process, you start getting to a size where stakeholder alignment is incredibly challenging because different teams across the company need totally different subsets of information within the launch plan. You know, the sales team doesn't care about your full go-to-market plan. What they care about is how do we talk about this thing and what assets are available to us? And then what's the launch calendar? And so people build these plans in some kind of documentation tool But then extracting out the information that's relevant to different teams is super hard. And so they end up having to maintain like 15 different versions of the same plan just to get everybody actually understanding what is happening and what the strategy is behind this launch. And then, I mean, at a tactical level, there's all sorts of challenges around customer adoption. Just, you know, how do you actually introduce and roll out a product to customers in a way that is not going to alienate your existing user base because you're introducing so much change that it just causes their head to explode and they churn. And also how do you, you know, introduce the product to new prospects and you leverage that, that, you know, new thing that you've built as a lightning rod for creating new customer acquisition and not missing out on the opportunity, which is a very singular point in time when you first launch something to get, you know, broader pickup of that, of that announcement. So I think there's a whole bunch of things and, you know, it varies company to company, but it's, it's a mess all in. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mess. It's a mess. When you talk about products, what type of products are you, are you talking about? Are they software products? Are they 
physical products? Are they consumer goods? What type of products? Yeah, so it's funny. I mean, we work with companies ranging from people launching features within a software product. So, you know, we're, we're working with, uh, with companies like Square right now on launching new features. We're working with companies on launching new markets. So taking an existing product that has already been launched and launching it to new geographic places. We are talking about launching, you know, products themselves at, you know, the software level. We're talking about launching hardware products. We work with companies that are doing CPG where they're, you know, direct to consumer brands and they're launching like apparel products. So it's funny because all of these things kind of follow similar motions and they're kind of shades of gray, you know, the same, but, you know, there's like slight tweaks between them that, you know, we're trying to kind of standardize and create a consistent go-to-market process where, regardless of what type of thing you're launching, we can help kind of support that process. Gotcha. So you've found some common elements that are just across. There's just, if you're going to launch, this is some, some things you need to do. And then there are probably specifics depending on the type of, of industry or, or product, right? Yeah, totally. And, and that's like where I think a lot of the existing tools that have tried to solve this through templates that are pretty static templates fall down is you, they have to overgeneralize. Like what we've been able to do by focusing explicitly on this problem is we can build dynamic templates that will actually adjust to like the shape and size of your launch. So we can say based on a couple of inputs, like is it a product or is it a feature? Is it, you know, a large launch or a small launch? Is it, you know, what's your budget? We can take those inputs and then actually cascade that into a plan that's tailored to that specific type of launch enough that you're not having to spend hours and hours and hours just taking a, a pretty like generic template and customizing that to your launch. In a, in a typical, I mean, who who would be the stakeholders? Some of the, you mentioned that word, you use that word, right? I mean, other yep, yep. sales, marketing, who are the stakeholders that are involved in a, a launch? Yeah, so companies that do this badly, it's it's basically the product marketing team and the product management team. And, you know, those that's two it. teams are working together and that's it. And they're chipping the thing and pushing it out to customers. And they're, those are the only people that really care about it. The companies that do this well, they are realizing that, Sales and support are probably like the two biggest, you know, non-product stakeholders that suffer when this launch plan is ineffective. You know, if they're not communicated with well in advance of the launch and they don't have all the materials that they need in order to actually effectively talk about that thing, it makes the company look bad to customers because, you know, a support person, something shows up in a demo to a customer and the customer's like, what is this? And the support person can't even answer the question for them. And so it makes the company look like they don't know what they're talking about. So sales and support, the cross-functional marketing teams, again, like oftentimes within a larger organization, you have comms, which, you know, normally would be responsible for going out and getting press around, around a new product introduction. But if the go-to-market plan is shoddy and it's not actually getting that information to them far enough in advance, that they can go effectively pitch, you never get press because the comms team doesn't even know that the thing is coming and they don't have enough lead time to go and prep an announcement. And then you have obviously like executives who all need to kind of sign off. You have a bunch of different people from legal to legal to product to eng to the CEO themselves who typically need to say, okay, yes, this launch plan looks good, agree with the strategy, and you know, it's everything is ready in my department for us to ship this thing. So there's stakeholders in pretty much every single department across the organization. And there's the preparation for the launch, right? Have you done 
whatever you need to do to be able to launch. Are you ready to launch, right? And then there's the launch itself, right? Tell us about kind of those dynamics. Does that go smooth? Or if you do a good preparation, we'll launch. You got to do one and then the other. Yeah, honestly, like where I think a lot of startups fall down is that they do underinvest in the preparation. The preparation is the thing that makes everything else go smoothly. And the more lead time you can give yourself, the more effective your launch is going to be, not just from the perspective of like internal teams will be better enabled, but you will also be able to actually have a wider range of touch points for your customers because you're able to spend more time building out assets and, and communications across a number of different channels trickling drip campaigns to customers where you're not just sending them one email, but you're sending them a whole sequence of emails that help prime them ahead of time for the launch. So they know it's coming and they can start being excited about it and, you know, readying themselves mentally for it. And then post-launch, so you can start getting them successful by educating them on how to use that product or feature. But then, you know, I, I think beyond that, the the actual execution of launch day is always just, it's terrifying. It's like companies have war rooms that they put together where, you know, five different stakeholders from different teams will go sit in the same room and they'll run through this like launch day burndown list where they're like, okay, is the, is the email live? Is the, are the marketing campaigns live? Are the, uh, is, did the press release go live? All of these things that you have to just make sure go live all in sequence and exactly the right time in order for it to, you know, effectively build on itself, which is just painful. <laughs> yeah. It sounds stressful for sure. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> You know, you admire admire the big brand companies that have been doing this for years successful. And if you're you're a new entrant, right? You have no skills, you have no experience. Wow. Yeah, it takes years to build the muscle. It's it's hard. And you know, it's people think that like effective go to market planning is something that only large companies do. Right. And it's not because like small teams can't do it and they shouldn't do it. It's because they just have spent the time to build the muscle internally. And it's just really hard to spin up like from scratch. So, you know, we're trying to speed up that time to market and give teams even at the smaller end of the spectrum tooling where they can actually effectively build this process without having to go through the like years of muscle building around right, it. Right, 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 right. How, how do you see things changing? I mean, the, the you know, the world of, you know, we didn't have an internet, we had an internet, we have websites, but we have new ways where you have social media. So many things are changing. How's that affecting go to market and, and launch? Yeah, it's funny. So I actually think of this more at like kind of a, a macro marketing level than necessarily like specifically launch management. I think there, I actually have an old blog post about this. So my thesis is that when the internet, you know, if you look at marketing back in 80s and 90s and you know early pre-internet days marketing was much more brand oriented it was all about creating effective positioning identifying like who your customer really was and making sure that you're delivering a message through relatively like broad mass media channels to that audience then the internet came around and a whole bunch of channels exploded there was this big like cambrian explosion of new channels that were all, they all functioned kind of independently. You had different, each individual website had its own ad platform. And so you went to each of those websites and you like each of them, because they were so fragmented, the internet was so fragmented, there were massive arbitrage opportunities within all of them. Because if you just like participated in one of those platforms early, you got great conversion rates because you, there were just wasn't much competition. And also because those platforms were still relatively, you know, nascent and simplistic, 
there were a ton of like targeting things that you could do, like levers that you could pull in the actual ad platforms in order to get better performance. What's happened over the last five to five to 10 years, it's probably closer to five years, is that all of that's been consolidated into Facebook and Google, basically. And essentially, those platforms have started to remove a lot of the custom targeting that you used to have available to you. And so everything has become, you just dump creative into these platforms, and then the platform goes and does all the optimization for you. And so you have no control as a marketer anymore around what your targeting is doing. So all those arbitrage opportunities that existed early in the internet have been hammered out. And then also all of the competition has amplified 10X. And so now you have every company on the planet participating in trying to compete for the same audience. So you're seeing the shift now, I think, back towards the fundamentals of marketing, which is really what drives a great go-to-market process, which is identifying who is your persona, what are the messages that actually resonate with those people? And how can you deliver those messages to the right channels where they hang out and in a way that's like resonant and breaks through all this competitive noise? So I think you're seeing a big shift back towards the importance of product marketing and product management as functions and away from this much more tactical focus that existed in, in marketing for the last you know 15 or so years. If you want to differentiate from everybody else out there, right? Kind yep, of get back yep. to those core principles. You use the word playbook, just not necessarily everybody may understand what a playbook is. Can you describe that for us? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously playbooks mean different things in different contexts. I think, you know, the, the way that we think about them within our product is we help to generate, first of all, the playbook of what is the documentation that you need? Like what are the actual strategic concepts and questions that you need to answer? in order to build an effective launch strategy. So we build the, the actual playbook of the documentation. We have frameworks built into that to help you structure, like how do you build a messaging architecture that can be applied to a bunch of different channels and that can be applied to you know, the, the product that you're launching. But then we also go a level deeper and we start to structure the playbook around the specific tasks that you need to complete, the specific assets that you need to build on the marketing side, um, and then also even the channels that you should be thinking of using based on your specific launch objectives and, and your budget. So what we'll do is we'll generate the channels. Channels gives you your baseline of like, where are you going to be participating? Then we know that, you know, based on the fact that you're going to be running social ads on Facebook, you need headline copy, body copy, visual assets in specific specifications. We'll populate those into a asset plan for you and say, okay, you need to create these things because you're running stuff on this channel. And then we'll do the same thing at the project plan level and we'll cascade out, okay, in order to get Facebook ads live, you need to do X, Y, Z at a task level and we'll populate it into a project plan. And we have workback schedules that are pre-baked, you know, based on your launch date that will adjust and kind of dynamically shift to account for whatever your timeline looks like. So we're, we're actually giving you like pretty much on a silver platter, a go-to-market plan in about 10 seconds that is, that is as good as what you would get from a pretty high-end product marketer if you have them in your company. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think as people come and go from companies, new people coming in, people coming out of you know school, coming out of universities, ready to jump in. Uh, having that kind of that process, that guidance would be really helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah. One, and even for more senior marketers, like re realistically, I've been doing this for 15 plus years and 
it's incredibly easy because there are so many moving parts to a good go-to-market plan. It's incredibly easy to forget this stuff and you forget, you know, a step and it's like, oh, I forgot to tell the support team that this thing's coming. And all of a sudden that creates a big cascade of problems downstream. So it adds, you know, confidence, not just for new product marketers, but also, you know, folks who are relatively senior. Yeah. When I think about uh, the new product development and how, the impacts of supply chain right now, you know, you you get your product almost done and then at the last minute, something comes up and you got to change your product and you got to, you thought what you thought you're going to do, you can't do. And you're kind of reactive and trying to say launch is a key part of that discussion point at that point in time, right? What's, what do you see happening around? Is that your world today? You see this disruption going on into launch as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, we luckily most of our customers haven't been significantly impacted by, you know, supply chain problems. So, you know, we're we're not seeing as much in the way of like the last minute scramble that happens across some other industries. But definitely it's when you know when a shock happens like that at the kind of macroeconomic level, you have to shift all of your plans. And this is where oftentimes, you know, the the way that companies have historically planned their go-to-market processes ends up breaking down because what you have to do is you suddenly have a, a sometimes months-long planning process that has to do a complete 180. And every you have to change your launch date, you have to change your messaging, you may have to change the product itself. And suddenly you have to just take that entire plan and scrap it, but your timeline doesn't really change that much. Like you may be still working on, you know, if you were planning on launching something next week and the shock happens, you may still need to launch that thing within two or three weeks because you have some upcoming financial goal that you need to hit. Yeah. But you need to be able to pivot what took you three months to build into a now two week period. And so it's incredible. It's incredibly challenging. I mean, our, our product helps with that because we cascade all those changes. So if you change a launch date, we'll move all the other milestones and channel flighting dates and everything else for you. But it's painful. I mean, I, I don't like, I don't really know that there's a, there's a right answer to solve it. It's just, it's a big chaotic process where everybody has to drop everything and pick up an entirely new, you know, new mental model of what the launch looks like. <laughs> I think there's a lot of factors that are causing some companies to experience that more often than they would like, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's kind of a new thing of this is last minute changing. You know, it's it's not so much scramble because we didn't have our act together. It's scramble because some external event happened, right? We've seen it with yeah. COVID nineteen and 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 the ports right there in L.A. Right, everything goods clogged up in the ports. Right? Oh my goodness, what are we gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would equate it. It's like it's the launch equivalent to what happened when COVID-19 hit when I was at Rippling, where we had all of our customers who they were hiring employees and suddenly they needed to get employees, their devices in a remote place instead of yeah. like having it all get shipped to them directly and then handing it out in the office. And suddenly everybody's scrambling, like nobody knows what to do. Everybody's looking for new tools. Everybody's trying to figure out like, an entirely new paradigm of how to operate in a world that has changed because of some external shock. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I don't see it slowing down. That's the sad part. Every time you think we're over one, <laughs> the next one comes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, what, what's, if you were to give some advice to somebody who, you know, what's one piece of advice to say, you need, we want to do a better job at how we get to market. What would that advice be? So I think the biggest piece of advice that I have is, 
one, you actually do need to build more lead time than you think you do. And I think this is a this is a constant piece of friction that, you know, occurs between product teams, which tend to be a little bit more agile and their their goal is to ship something and quickly learn about it and then iterate on it. And, you know, a go-to-market team that really needs a coordinated effort in order to actually maximize the the potential adoption of that product. And so you know, I think what what I tend to suggest is is build a tiering infrastructure into your process so that you can identify like which launches you really need to out- allocate a lot of planning time towards, and then you know which ones you want to create this kind of faster just ship it motion for. Which you know, oftentimes companies just kind of treat all they take a one size fits all approach to launching things, and that's where you start to get get in trouble because you spend too much time on the things that don't matter and not enough time on the things that do. So just know that it's going to take more than you think. <laughs> just yeah, always, be aware of that. always. <laughs> always. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. your company doesn't give you more of the time that you need, but <laughs> that's how that goes. Yeah. Is there a friction that you see between the development teams and the go-to-market teams? Yeah. And, and oftentimes, I mean, this is especially prevalent at startups. And oftentimes it's not necessarily friction between the product development team and the go-to-market team. It's oftentimes friction between the go-to-market team and the CEO, because the CEO is trying to move as fast as possible and they're impatient about you know when things are shipping. But yes, absolutely. Product teams like don't like to commit to a hard date for when something is going to be done and shipped because it's hard to estimate engineering time. And so oftentimes they they're resistant to that and when they can't give you you know a stake in the ground as a product marketer and say this thing is going to ship on this date and we will commit to getting it out live on that date then you really can't plan anything like until you're able to put that stake in the ground and say this is the day that it's shipping you can't start to organize any of the communications you can't start to identify like what channels are going to be available to you at those times you can't have partnership conversations about you know specific activity that a partner might be participating with you on at that time so it's just re- it's really challenging and that friction is probably the number one cause of angst between you know for product marketing teams <laughs> okay okay yeah where do you see your part of the industry going in the next 5 years yeah so i mean i think this is this is less specific to our exact vertical but i think you're you're seeing a pretty big shift just starting to happen now towards more vertical SaaS. Like if you look at the broader SaaS ecosystem, I think obviously like tech goes through kind of bundling and unbundling cycles. And I think, you know, we just went through a big unbundling cycle where a lot of horizontal tools popped up that are great for, you know, every team across the organization to use. But the problem is they're, they're so unopinionated. So V1 of SaaS, you had two opinionated software that was, kind of forced a process and a workflow onto you, uh, which was a little too rigid. And so then there was a reaction against that where you saw this big explosion of horizontal tools that you know are much more flexible, but they're almost flexible to the worst part of the extreme where they require so much customization and because they're so, you know, they're not purpose built for any specific use case, there's no real automation to them. And so they end up actually creating almost more work than they save because they're just documentation or tracking tools for processes that often have actual specific workflows involved in them. And so some human still has to go do all of the routing of information, all of the actions to populate in that documentation. And so I think you're starting to see a lot more rise of tools like Gainsight that, you know, for specific teams 
that are focused vertically on a specific use case for an important workflow within a company. And you'll start to see more and more of that. And I think there will be, and they'll be much more bundled because now there's been kind of standards that have evolved in specific point solutions for doing some of the like the work that's involved in these steps. So for example, for us, you know, there's now pretty, pretty standard practices for building out good survey tools. So we can integrate surveying into our product without having to do all the like innovation like work that's typically required in order to figure out how to build that from scratch. Yeah. Is there, is, so there's an ecosystem of tools essentially that all are, everybody's going to use and participate in fact, our product probably fits there as well in, in that ecosystem in some way. And these, these tools have to work together, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no one gorilla does it all. I think it's just, you got to be nimble and take the best parts. Yeah. Well, you gave a lot of things that for people to think about. Really some great, great, great ideas, Derek. What's next for you? Where are you going? What's ahead for you guys? Yeah, this year, this year is all about growth for us. You know, we, uh, we shipped our beta a couple of, couple of months ago, the first, first few couple of folks, and we're still kind of in beta and we're, we're iterating on, on that early product. But, you know, we're expecting to get to kind of a, a true V1 sometime in the next couple of months. And then it's just scale, scale, scale and grow, grow, grow. And we'll be doing our own launch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. You're going to have to eat your dog food on that one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Well, I sure appreciate you joining us, Derek. Is there any last comments you'd like to make uh, before we, we uh, sign off today? I don't think so. I think we good. covered some pretty good stuff. Yeah, we did. We covered some great stuff. Really great stuff. If people want to uh, kind of follow you, track you, you mentioned a blog, so mm -hmm. that would be something. We'll, we'll put links in show notes, but tell us how to uh, how people can kind of follow you and connect with you. Yeah, so I mean, our website is haveignition.com, like as in we have ignition. And our uh, and best way to get in touch with me is just Derek at haveignition.com. I, I love getting emails from folks who are curious, so. Great, great. And is your blog on the on the website as well? Yep, yep. Blogs there. Social social links are there. All the all the stuff you need. <laughs> all the stuff you need. Great. <laughs> well, Derek, <laughs> thanks a lot for joining us today, and really appreciate it. it. Was great talking to you. And you know, let's check in. I don't know, maybe six months from now, and see uh, see how it's coming along. I'd love to hear love to hear where you get to after you've had a chance to kind of get get into market a little bit. See what see what people think. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Great, great. We'll do that. Well, you have a great week. Good talking to you. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. Okay. Likewise. We'll talk soon. Great. And to our listeners out there, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It's, it's always interesting to hear perspectives of things, especially if we're innovation workers. Sometimes we don't think about the, what happens or how, how challenging it is and how critical it is that our products get into market in a good way. And that's what, that's what Derek's all about. So it was really great to talk to him. I wish you all a great week ahead and um, we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.